I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. Hello. Just before we get on with today's episode, Chris and I want to tell you all about our Patreon page. It won't take long, but we think you're going to want to hear it. Because you're missing out, quite frankly. Massively. All the more risque stuff that we sometimes think, oh, can we get away with that? Uh, we put it on our Patreon pages. And there's over 150 episodes uh, for our $10 subscribers. Absolutely. So for well, whatever that works out in UK pounds, what's that, about £7.50 a month? Yeah, for, for the price of a bag of chips, for a Savoy and chips, you can actually have us in your ears four times extra a month. That's four episodes minimum that we put out um, exclusively for Patreons, plus... Um, there's loads of we video most of our episodes now and the videos you can watch all of the podcasts now over on patreon as well um we put up loads of other unique content over there yeah don't there's we? there's there's pictures there it's basically our version of our own new fans account isn't it basically so you, you exactly. get the sort of pictures on there of, of the behind the scenes of stew tucking into a pot noodle basically sort of stuff you that shouldn't be available to the public no one needs to see that but that's all we just thought we'd give you a quick heads up that if you're enjoying these podcasts then be aware, for like £7.50, you can go and listen to over 150 exclusive episodes. And there's some great ones over there with previous guests as well. Um, loads of names that you're going to recognise if you've been listening to, to the, 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 the weekly podcast we put out. And yeah, and also, if you are a subscriber, we're more than likely to do one of your top fives if you recommend it. Because we prioritise the patrons first, don't we, as well? Absolutely, yeah. So we we try and sort of do as many top five suggested by you lot as well. So, uh, yeah, head over to Patreon. Where can they find out about it, Chris? Uh, Patreon.com forward slash hardcore listing. Easy peasy. And you can watch an intro video there as well of us in jacuzzis and doing sexy stuff. With Gal Porter. With Gal Porter. Not doing sexy stuff with Gal Porter. Can I just clear, clear that up? <laughs> Gal, not trying to drag your name through the mud. <laughs> and Scroobius Pip. Yeah. <laughs> All right. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash hardcore listing. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. Uh, I am Stuart Whiffin. Sitting not next to me, but opposite me via Zoom is... Christopher Glasson. I'm always with you, mate, in your heart. In there. In there. <laughs> Deep in there. <laughs> 
So before we introduce um, our guest this evening, um, we should say a quick thank you to our sponsors, love-beer.co.uk and Bamboo, Bamboo Creative. Creative. Yeah. Yes. So go and check them out. They've sponsored us from uh, pretty much from the beginning, and they're uh, they're ruddy, lovely lads. Yeah, and expect uh, uh, some some really good. Uh, Luke did an incredible photo shoot with us recently, didn't he? he yeah, really knows how to. He made he made artist. us look average, didn't he? Which yeah, is amazing. Definitely. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, and uh, also, we should say a big um, thank you and hello to our producer seventy six, uh, who is making this sound delicious for your ear holes. <laughs> <laughs> so just quickly, if this is your first time listening to Hardcore Listening Podcast, explain what they're going to get, Chris. You're going to get um, a, a triple gold standard podcast, so I'm not going to explain the premise. Uh, we basically invite guests on each week to discuss the top five of their choice. This can vary from, I keep saying sandwich fillings. It's not like that's, it's not like the only thing that we've ever had on. It's but it's a good subject. <laughs> it, <laughs> is. it really is. Um, we, we do anything from um, um, the best quotes from uh, Monty Python movie, The Life of Brian, to um, top five death scenes from the Final Destination uh, movie uh, film <laughs> series. And yeah, and that's what we do. We go over that with our guests and sometimes it goes off topic a little bit and it's that's the joy though i've got to say like i've had so much goodwill online from that from that hardcore listing i've had people like quoting (laughs) their own favorite quotes and and, and sometimes it's like full-on discussions we're doing the scenes recreate it make your own play I don't watch the movie anymore. I just like you know online. I have the go back through your chat history on Instagram. (laughs) So those lovely voices you're hearing there are when we when we um, often put out shouts as to who would you like to hear back and what have been your favourite episodes. Time and time again, um, Billy Lund's uh, top five lines from Life of Brian comes up as does Rowena Alice's top five death scenes, and so. It just so happens that they're a couple. So it was like, well, let's get them both on. So yeah, powers combine. Oh, yeah. Power couple. This will need to like double the effect. Yeah. We'll cancel each other out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mental. It's just, you're just like, no, screw that. They yeah. can't be together. We cannot put this up. <laughs> well, we, you... we, we've come to it. We, it was a million downloads the other week, and we kind of were sat there thinking, you know, it, shall we speak to, shall we see if there's any people that we'd like to have back on and that stood out? And it didn't take us long. We went through about a hundred other guests and we got to a pair of you and you were both like, I won't say who was, who was first. It was no, it, it was, it was a really easy decision for us guys. Cause oh, honestly, that, that, those episodes, I mean, we recorded them a good while ago now. It's got to yeah. be Years well ago, over it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but they like, still we had so much so fun, much fun. Like, oh, like, cool. just Thank laughing. You. All I can remember is just laughing. It's like the fact <laughs> that I had. I remember I had my mum's rating of the deaths as well. That's right. Like, and I got her to like rank them as like she's like, yeah, give that a five. <laughs> so <laughs> good. Like, like, funny tasting movies. Yeah, yeah. As well, she, she she has. She loves stuff that's really quite sinister, but. <laughs> I think she just likes anything that she doesn't ruin too much for herself when she looks up the ending to see whether it's worth carrying on with the film. <laughs> He's a scientist, right? <laughs> so amazing. she wants the answer before the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. 
That's brilliant. She goes yeah. to bed with like she doesn't go to bed with audio books. No, no, of, like, it's like really prime nice, suspect. Yeah, she goes to bed with like <laughs> brilliant dark murder thrills. Like on no the, wonder on I'm a bit tapped, you know. <laughs> my mum, my mum loves uh, sci-fi. Like so, my mum mm. is nearly eighty. And I'll go around there and literally I don't need any other channel. She'll be watching sci-fi and they'll be like, I love it. I love it so bad because she loves B-movies as well. And like Anaconda, which is a widely panned, hated <laughs> film, it will come on and I'm like, I'll see it. And I'll just look over and I'm like, should we watch Anaconda? And I'm like, yes, mum, let's watch Anaconda. I can't wait. So, yeah, good, good on mums for having like interesting tasting film. <laughs> so, um... Billy, uh, Ro, what is your top five today going to be? Uh, so we have chosen, well, it was kind of like me and you, when I said it to you, I pitched it, didn't I? And you were like, mm. yes. Uh, <laughs> she always comes up with this the best This is pretty ideas. much anything in our marriage. I'm like, shall we do this? And you're like, yes. Yeah, I'm a yes guy. She's the ideas woman. Um, we've decided to go move away from films and we thought for because it's like such a great celebration with you guys we're going back to our roots of music and we have chosen our top five screams in rock music genius incredible genius yeah so we thought i thought it'd be quite good fun could be a bit chaotic at points depending on how musical you want to get uh yeah well we 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 had so much fun, like not not just doing the show, but like researching for this show mm-hmm. and then whittling it down to five has been so amazing. Like we've been sat here for a couple of hours going, oh. We've been going through live performances yeah. of them and just be like, Seattle we've just got to check, we've got to check this. Like, is it as good live as it is on the song? Are they worthy to be in this list? Yeah, and, and yeah. every single one we just like, oh yeah, my God, I think we we're still, Yeah, five. I think we're still happy with it. It's oh, a good, so good, good. So this it's been a thorough there's been a, a thorough critique not only of yeah. like the studio version but when they've taken it on stage as well I like it yeah. a real holistic Incredible. take like yeah. and I've been sat there going do you know what's so great about the rock scream right is the absence that precedes it and then I start talking about like <laughs> the science of it yeah. <laughs> I'm like oh it's like from a producer's perspective it's <laughs> this I'm like yeah and it kind of it explains the human experience of like. <laughs> the need to scream sort of sense of emptiness. And then I just like go, uh, just turn Slipknot up. Come on. This is- <laughs> You're spoiling it. You're giving spoilers to stuff. <laughs> it's so good because when, when I started going, oh, right, top five, great, great choice. And uh, recently I keep thinking, I think we're going to run out soon. And yeah, every time people say stuff, it's like, oh no, obviously it's, it's yeah. limitless. And, um, yeah. and I started and I thought, oh, I can think of a few. Because I'm not, ca- I wouldn't say I'm classically always thought I'd know just screams off the top of my head. And then I was like, oh, there's just fucking too many. Yeah. Like, so there's a lot. And, you know, and there's diff- different types of screaming. And, exactly. Yeah. 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 Let's get down, lost in a, like a, a rabbit hole of it. My, my, my girlfriend and her mum are just like, what's going on in the lounge? But that's the thing, you've got to also think of the context of the song as well. And mm. like some of them we've picked because they remind us of when we first heard the song or it reminds us of our teenage years. It's amazing how screams in some songs have more of an impact because of that and because of the history to us personally. So our list is probably way different to anyone else's list. Mm. But obviously, yeah. I guess there are reasonings behind why we've chosen them which we will attempt to explain for this podcast incredible excellent number five let's do it um so number five we've actually gone with some friends of ours haven't we yeah so um we have fellow uh 
um, hardcore listing uh, yeah. guests. So we've Ooh. chosen um, Blood Red Shoes, Je M'appelle. Uh-huh, uh, from It's from their um, album In Time, Two Voices. And we thought this was good because it's a two for one. It's a two for. <laughs> we get screams from both Steve and Laura Mary. And I think part of the reason I really wanted to put this in is because I'm really good friends with Laura Mary. And in real life, she is so quiet. My God, she like is the one meekest of the, person. Yeah. Like in <laughs> really? Public, the yeah. amount of people who she's met of my friends, they're like, your friend Laura Mary really doesn't like me. Oh. I'm like, no, 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 it's not. She's just a bit shy. Yeah. She's just what she's like. And she speaks really quietly, doesn't yeah. she? She's a quiet talker. And then with this song, you just have like both her and Steve's like screams throughout the song. It's not just in the intro to each of their verses, because we just love also the sort of dynamic of female and male vocals bouncing off each other, as you have in your yes. own band. <laughs> sure. um, but we just thought all the way through, and it's what they declare to be a punk song, and we mm. just think it's absolutely fantastic. And it's just so different to what they're like in real life. But it just shows when you're pissed off and tensions rise, it's amazing what can come out in a song. Yeah. And they're so like a lot of their songs are so melodic mm. and they're so rhythmically like precise and, and, and really now, beautiful. Yeah. And you listen to In Time to Voices, like the, the title track off of that record. And it's one of the most like serene, mm. sublime songs you'll hear. Um, Laura Mary is just like singing like an mm. angel and Steve's drumming's just sort of tripping along. Mm. Um, but then you get to Jim Pair and they play it last whenever they play live. Mm. And it's kind of like you go through this experience of seeing these great musicians just like noodling and singing really beautifully. And then I'm like, right, we're going to say goodbye to everybody Two now. Two of them scream at each <laughs> other. You can just see it's like, yeah, any tension between us, we're getting it out yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love that song. Yeah. Great choice. So are these in order of like the number one is the ultimate scream? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. We've gone five, four, three, two, one. We have and actually kind ordered of like, them, yeah. Yeah, we've or- moved them around. Like, uh, we've listened to one track and just gone, like, because of the context of that song, that has to move up. Yeah. You know, so we've really thought, like, the, the scream in this song means something different to the scream in this song. Um, and we think that at, at the current time, and maybe, like, considering also the time in which, the like, the scream happened, <laughs> this is really important. It has, has to sort yeah. of move further up. <laughs> We're, we're totally fun people to have at parties, oh, I've yeah. got to say. Yeah. Oh, people Honestly. love you at a party, guys, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm laughing away just thinking, yeah, yeah, that's the sort of absolute anorak stuff that's a good night for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm it's sitting so there glad. laughing, just going, oh, yeah, God, you'll be all right, laugh. I was thinking, that's, that's yes. really good night in for me. <laughs> you know when people go, oh, I'm going to get a round in. I'm, go- I'm just going to go up to the... We're like, I'm going to get some more crisps in to like tear open and we're all just yeah. sort of snacking on and we're just chatting music and mu- movies and yeah. like our favourite quotations just and that Boring kind of thing. people to death. Especially my sister, whenever I have these conversations with her, she's just like, yeah... Whatever, okay. Your store of knowledge yeah. is like, she says your store of knowledge is based on really inconsequential yeah. uh, information. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, 
the biggest knowledge store of like my sister is the woman who said to me like if you put your simpsons knowledge to like if you use that space in your brain for useful facts you'd like achieve a lot and that's why i wrote my dissertation on the simpsons to be like well i've proven you yeah. wrong <laughs> and you won an award on I it won as well an award for it. <laughs> wow so I was like, I was like, yeah, see, you can talk. That's where I've learned about a lot of American politics is through yeah. The Simpsons. So my useless facts come in handy. And I'm lucky I found a nerd to sort of spend my days with who doesn't mind, like, nerding off each other, which sounds really sexual, yeah. which so, is not. It, well, yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I get a certain amount of pleasure Quite. out of it. But, like, I do sometimes see your eyes glaze over when I'm talking about Chaucer or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh. That's where we don't have a commonality. Yeah, there, there's no commonality there at all. No. I think that's that's fair. Like, you, some of your big sister, I sometimes talk to my girlfriend about different, like, thinking. There's a, a guy called Edward de Bono I'm obsessed with, uh, more so at the moment. And I talk to Molly, oh, you've got to listen to this thing about the Gang of Three and Aristotle, Socrates. and Just quickly, like, Chris, not just Molly. Not just, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, I'll finish this thing, and I'll be like waiting, and Molly will just look at me and go, "Thing is, I just really don't care." It's good. You should it's like should it's listen. more important for her to humour you or just to tell you it's straight out. Like that's 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 another question. Um, I'd say there's a lot of respect, but I think there's like there's a lot of. Uh, I think you've got to have non-common ground in a relationship yeah because well. otherwise you just run out of stuff to talk about yeah, yeah. especially when we've been together as long as we have compared yeah. to a lot of people our age as there's well. something to work it's like yeah. i'm going to convince them that this is brilliant <laughs> this is worth discussing at well, three like, in the morning it's insane i worked out the other day i've been with billy for nearly half my life wow <laughs> oh my God. yeah so it's a good job we've we known still, each other so yeah long. it's a good job that uh we still like chat and shit it's got to be the key it's got to be the key and uh, i don't know with any sort of friendships or relationships the antagonizing is is part i think is quite a fun part of that (laughs) because knowing knowing where sort of the line is but having that sort of ability to sort of like do it in a fun way i think Mm -hmm. is so is so important yeah. And uh, well, that's all we that's our relationship, Stu, isn't it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Basically, yeah. there's no, there's no, we don't, we used to agree on things because we actually are similar, but now yeah. we just, whatever <laughs> Stu says, I'm looking for a reason why it's wrong. Even yeah, if you've got to press the Problem, buttons, yeah. you've got, you got to keep them on their toes. That's so, the I don't know if you want to play this game, um, Billy and Roe, but we, start, we, <laughs> okay, we started yeah. it on the last podcast because Chris is um, staying with. Um, his girlfriends, um, her parents at the moment. And right. so the last few podcasts we've recorded, I've spotted over Chrissy's shoulder a kind of like shelf which has like, um, I think it's like 20 boxes within it. Okay. And, and But apparently it's all full of kind of shit tat. Um, <laughs> so, That's your words. So we now play <laughs> Battleship, where you have to go like... A three, and then Chris goes and gets something from the box and brings it over. Oh, so man. I'll let I'll let you pick like, <laughs> what, what box you want to see today. <laughs> I don't know. Should we go? I'll go C four because it sounds okay. explosive. It does. <laughs> okay. All right. Wait there. <laughs> I mean, this is hardly podcast goal for people that are listening. <laughs> But, uh, we're making this visual. Like, even though they can't see us, we're making this visual. And Chris walks over to the wall, <laughs> exploring with his fine fingers. See, this is why you're on the radio. Yeah. Right, battleships. I think, I think you got unlucky there. 
Is that an egg cup? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's like ceramic. It's a, I think it's a nice ceramic. Sort of Mini vase. Maybe you put Jostic in holder. Jostic yes, exactly, exactly that. But the one, if you'd have gone C5, oh, you just missed out. Oh. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really sorry, but there we go. I lost my prize. <laughs> oh, but at least you, at least you opted for I got a pun C4. in, so that's good, yeah. yeah. Billy, do you want to go? Do you want a quick... See, you're I'm going to go see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So I'm definitely going. You're that asshole on like, game shows where it's like someone's like, I I guess it's worth a hundred pounds, and no, then no. there's like a hundred and two pounds. <laughs> That's definitely. You're the it. kind of guy that hangs around by the fruit machine, and when someone's put like thirty quid in, you then go and put twenty p in and win the jackpot. Yeah. You know what? Like when I when I used to I used to do competitive swimming, right? When I was really young, I started at like seven or eight years old and I finished when I was 16. And that's when I like moved into music. But at the swimming pool, there was a, <laughs> there was a vending machine and I knew exactly which one uh, they'd press the button for and it wouldn't come out. But if you <laughs> gave it a nudge on the side, it oh, would come but... out. So I'd wait for people, like, you know, I'd had an hour before I started swimming and I'd just sort of hang around the vending machine. If, if someone went for the Snickers, the... the uh, I can't remember what number it is now, but like they'd say five and go, oh, I've lost He's me. He's such a rebel. And they'd walk off and go to the front desk in the lobbies, try and get their 50p back. I just quickly nudge it, take the stickers and go. <laughs> street smarts. That's absolute street smarts. That, that was the first. And there was this Coke machine and we knew exactly, like our, our hands and our wrists oh. were small enough. We could put it like in the bottom right hand corner, you'd put your left hand in and you just go like there's this little shelf over the top. <laughs> Get four or five pences out of that, right? Go over, go to the corner shop over the road Incredible. and get some sweets. Sorry, but before you was called like Billy from the subway, was you called like the Harlow Hustler or something like that? <laughs> Artful <laughs> Dodger. <laughs> I did actually play the Artful Dodger in a, a school production of Oliver. Maybe that's Thing where is, it's from. You joke, but it's probably his family who taught him the tricks. My family, <laughs> like a family of criminals. <laughs> Billy, come here. Don't like me saying that. So what's in C5? I'm intrigued. So I'd be really rubbish at battleships from the fact I gave away the location. But here we've got a mini villa, a little mini villa, and a hospital. Or is that a church? I think it's a... Gorgeous. Probably a church, that one, I think actually. It's a church. I think it's a chapel, actually. Sorry. Well, no, I don't you know. need me to rub, rush you to, uh, rush you to the hospital. I wouldn't be much use. There you go. So, that looks like the kind of villa I would love to live in. It's quite small, Billy. Really. <laughs> yeah. He's smaller that. than people think he is. Yeah, yeah, him in real he's on stage, everyone's like, ah, so big. <laughs> It's like the whole band. The whole band We're are so much tiny. smaller than people, people expect People go up to Charlotte, to they look down and go, what? <laughs> you know, she looks so commanding on the stage. Yeah. She comes up to like about my chest. Three, three. I'm yeah. like, oh my God. Really? <laughs> she, she, I've got this. Yeah. I'd fall so that well. Absolutely would. <laughs> <laughs> um, just before we move on, uh, that was a great uh, number five. Um, yeah, have you ever spoken to sort of like Laura and where the sort of like where that transition comes from from being sort of like you know a I, bit did, I did actually uh, speak to her this morning <laughs> I said oh I'm <laughs> going to be talking about you on a podcast and she was like, oh, like best mates, yeah so. so we talk most days anyway which and, is weird because um, I, I, I've known you knew Laura her first, for the longest yeah, but, like, since 2004 or 5 and then um, 
Yeah, when was it? She because she did my um, a documentary for me at uni. I did a a documentary called um, "Good for a Girl: The Need for Feminism in Rock Music," and it was around the time actually just I pitched it just before there was that first Reading and Leeds poster where they took all the women right. um, out of it and it, no, all the men out of it and showed that yeah. how few women were on there. And um, she, you got us in contact, didn't you? And then literally yeah. as soon as we met, like we ended up talking for about three hours straight, and we've just been friends like ever since um but yeah so I spoke to her about it this morning and she said how she would love to scream more um but she doesn't have the power of Brodie Dahl or Courtney Love who are main inspirations with that but it's probably because she doesn't have a massive like 50 fag a day habit um (laughs) so I think she would like to do it more I think she'd like to scream more but she feels she doesn't have the power to do it but she's got such an eclectic taste in music and she but she grew up on Riot Girl stuff she came from um a, a little all girl rock band before she met Steve they were in she was in a band called Lady Muck so she She's very much been influenced by like Courtney Love, Kathleen Hanna, L7, Slate Kinney, mm. all these bands. So I think that's when it kind of comes out, especially in some of their older music. It's that influence coming through. Wonderful. Nice. Wonderful. Nice. We haven't had Laura, we had Steve on, didn't we? And Laura couldn't make it. So maybe mm. we should drop uh, Laura a message at some point, see if she's got a she wants She's to in the UK at the moment because of lockdown. So you might as well before <laughs> she goes back to up. LA. <laughs> Shall we do number four? Let's go for number four. Yeah. Do you want to say number four? Yeah, I do, because I love this song, and I remember when it first came out, and um, uh, the band is Slipknot, which I gave away Spoiler. earlier. <laughs> but um, before, like, I, I loved their... I think it was actually their second, but it was the first one that went worldwide. It was the one with Wait and Bleed and Iowa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I remember reading the interviews for Iowa, Um, when it came out and uh, they were talking about all the troubles that they had uh, whilst making the record but also uh, the producer Ross Robinson is renowned for putting his band kind of through a little bit of hell when they're in the studio screaming at them and Joey Jordison would talk about uh, when he was playing drums on Iowa uh, Ross Robinson would be stood right next to his hi-hat and as he's drumming going harder 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 hit harder hit harder that's what she said <laughs> Get it in. That's what he said. And um, I, I like halfway through saying that, I was like, I knew that was that what she said. Um, and uh, and you can kind of, I can imagine like during this song, uh, which we've we've chosen, uh, people equals shit off of uh, yeah. Iowa. Um, uh, the scream when Corey Taylor says uh, one more time, motherfucker. It's so good. And every time, every time you hear that scream, you're like, you just know Ross Robinson is looking through the window of that booth, looking at Corey Taylor with his eyes like bare white, (laughs) just like going, scream. (laughs) But it's like, it's quite um, renowned, isn't it, that they were going through real issues with the band because they just hit this massive sort of popularity level that I don't think anyone expected with the debut and so the weight was on their shoulders to then go and provide something incredible and I think that's why they actually named it after like their hometown so obviously that's probably a bit of an influence going back to their roots a little bit but I just absolutely love this song and the amount of times like you and I have driven through country lanes when you were living in the middle of nowhere in Thackstead, Essex 
where it was very much are you local um we would just roll like the windows down and yeah. we just have this and then just start like going mental <laughs> and the thing is though look at us we are like the most nerdy looking white folk you can ever have <laughs> and then we're just like screaming this down wow, some country wow. time like country lanes yeah. and it's just it's amazing to her. it's so cathartic isn't it yeah but I, like, I, you get that running through the entire album of iowa like mm. this this um, this sense of identity that they're looking for, in particular, uh, it, particularly um, Corey Taylor, who you know was a drug addict at a really young age yeah. and suffered really bad abuse when he was a kid, and he found this group of people with whom he could like make this really rad, like heavy, cathartic music, um, and they go out on in on this huge tour, and they, they they're carrying along with them all these troubles as they're sort of being idolized. I remember meeting them at like Reading 2002 at a signing tent. Wow. And I'd, I'd like, I, I, I screamed so hard at their performance. <laughs> I'd yeah. lost my voice for the whole weekend. So like, this is before you were playing yourself. Wasn't yeah. It? Like we, we played years, like yeah. uh, two years after that. But I remember getting to the end of the line and Corey Taylor was there and I just leaned over and said, I'm a guitarist and I'm going to be in a band playing this festival in a couple of years, I swear. And he was like, good luck, brother. <laughs> uh, but it was absolutely amazing. I, I came out of the mosh pit with uh, my head like staring down. I could not lift my head. It was the first <laughs> time I'd ever mosh myself yeah. to an injury, to a neck injury. <laughs> but you could see that that band were like getting so huge and they were carrying these problems with them. And so like you said... And a lot like of people said, giving them shit as well yeah. because, you know, it didn't become particularly trendy to be into like the sort of new metal vibes. Yeah. And I think it's only really over the past few years that people have actually sort of reclaimed their love for them. You know, people mm. around our age going, actually, we grew up on that when we were in our teens and people took the mickey out of us, but they make some incredible the music. And they they did, they, but they got so big, like you say, mm. they got so big because like the music was incredible. Like first and foremost, that the music and the live performances were just insane and they Absolutely. had some crowd control as well. Yeah. And, 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 but also their aesthetic was, was mad. It yeah. just all, like, I think it became too, like, ob you know when people get a bit pretentious and it became mm. a little bit, like, it's too obvious to like and love Slipknot. Yeah. People recoil away and then after a while, sometimes time is a good test for bands, isn't mm. it? Yeah. But it's weird because I went down a bit of a Slipknot hole about a year ago and I was looking all about, you know, when they did Iowa and all the troubles they were going through. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I don't know, I think it does, link in, it does link in quite nicely with this, like, rage and screaming and, and, yeah. and that cathartic thing it's, yeah. it's it's very apt because that is really the metaphor well it's a lot of the time for screaming isn't it is it's letting out that rage in one way yeah. way shape or another and i've got yeah. a few and i've got one and i'll mention it later but it's it's all linked into that it's just people Amazing. getting it off your chest well do you want do you want to shout one chris then before um, we get to the band and then if you guys have got that band um we'll just wait until you've done yours and then I'll sling there. So I've got Deftones in there in case if anyone... Oh. We love Deftones so hard, but Why they're not in it. Why did we not think of yeah. putting them on our list? Oh, it my God. Because we are massive fans. And was it uh, Leeds 2009 we saw them yeah. play as I well? I had a spiritual experience seeing them because oh, that was the first time I'd really? ever seen them. We, we, yeah. we got tickets to see them play, didn't we? Yeah. And I had like an anxiety attack and I couldn't, I couldn't go to the show and I had to sell the tickets. And luckily mm. so, well, we had a buyer and they came to the house mm. and I was sort of like, cradling myself on the sofa. It was Ali Pally, wasn't it? Was it was Ali yeah. Pally. And oh, I was wow. like, I was so looking forward to it. And I remember yeah. being in school 
Um, and my parents would like, like dad took us to ACDC, which was our first rock show, but they were like, you, wow. they would never take me to a football match. Yeah. And I was never really allowed to go to gigs with my mates. So all my mm. mates went to see um, Deftones and they came into school the next day and said, I got to shake Chino Marino's hand. And like, it was, it was a world, you know, like a, a, a life changing experience for me. And I was just so jealous. Mm. Um, and I think that kind of, that made me fall into the band even more so because yeah. I was like, I, I so want to feel a connection with this band that I never yeah. got the opportunity to go yeah. and see and Again, they were one of those bands that when we were getting to know each other and we'd be talking about stuff, it'd suddenly creep into conversation. It's like, oh, no way. Like, I love yeah. Deftones too. And it's where we realised actually we had such similar tastes yeah. in music as well. Um, but yeah, they're absolutely phenomenal and, and I'm it's... kicking myself a little bit so they can be an honorary <laughs> stick. yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, they're another band that kind of they they balance melody yeah. with scream so, so well, well. Yeah. and and because of like because they hold back <clears throat> when the scream happens it just like all more powerful it's, yeah it's yeah. the the impact is so huge and i think like with with cory taylor's scream in people equal shit it's like okay so he's like yelling and screaming as he goes through but there's like this elongation of the words. Yeah. One more time, motherfucker. But Everybody has that, to die. Everybody has to die. What is it and he's trying he's, to find himself. Yeah. Like, what are these things as well as like, I'm not afraid to cry, but that's none of your business. business. And then like, the guy's like, oh, tearing his heart please. open. Like, this is something like a country musician says. Mm. I'm yeah. not afraid to cry. <laughs> Corey Taylor's gone, play that riff. And I'm going to sing these, li- or scream these lyrics yeah. over the top. And it's like this, this, this amalgamation of these various genres coming together, and you just don't expect it. I've also got to yeah. like give them a shout out for being the twenty twenty meme of being shared around, saying that if they can wear masks during like a two hour show, then you can wear one to the supermarket. <laughs> That's oh, no, so that. That's and incredible! It's, it's legendary. I'm like, yep. Sounds straight. In like the hottest conditions. Yeah. Like, and they're sweating their guts out and they've still got their masks. And there's us just being like, oh my God, this little fabric uh, mask, it's so difficult. With <laughs> their nose. Like... Have you seen the meme of the, uh, I, I, I think you, it was on Dom Jolly's and it was a meme of uh, having your nose tucked out the, the top of your... <laughs> Dick nose is it? Like having a, your dick tucked out the top of your pen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Amazing. So, so what track like, was it, Chris? Uh, right, okay. Just quickly on Slipknot. Wait and Bleed, he does that. He's like, he's, he's so. I remember listening to that. He's so smooth when he's singing the the, 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 the verse, and then mm-hmm. he just goes into just absolute perfect. But it, it's raw, but it, nah. oh, it sonically sounds incredible. Um, yeah. But the one I picked is the first. Th- it's the one that converted me into understanding what screaming's about. Because I think, like, if you was to go and give someone some like Norwegian like black metal. And go. This is good. Listen to this. They're going to be like, it's it's bad. It's it's really awful. And you need that sort of like gateway, don't you? Yeah, like my definitely. gateway into hip hop was probably Ice Ice Baby, right? I would probably <laughs> I, I would listen to it now, but I wouldn't say it. So, but I but remember it did its job. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember um, a Belgium school trip and had a Walkman, and I love my Walkman cassette. And uh, one of my mates who was in uh, economics with me because uh, I'm really rock and roll like that. Uh, we did a tape swap and uh, he gave me uh, adrenaline. And you I gave, gave him vanilla rice. Yeah, yeah. and I gave him <laughs> to a bunny and the master. Uh, I, I gave him, I think it was Black Sunday. 
And I remember sitting on this bus listening to Adrenaline and like I, the, the amount of energy I had listening to this song. Yeah. And this, uh, so my, my song is Seven Words. And um, that's actually about sort of like being, he wrote, Tino wrote that when he was 16. Um, and it's about being frustrated with society, really, mm-hmm. and like how he was being treated. So quite apt these days, to be honest with you. And yeah. again, this is like you were saying about um, Blood Red Shoes. This, they, they were closed with their sets a lot with this song. And it's just so good. And it's one of those songs where it's got a great, their normal incredible melodies and stuff like that and Chino yeah. singing. And then it stops. And then it just goes, shut up, you don't know me. Shut up, you don't know me. Squeal like a pig when you big fucking, big fucking. And it's... Oh, the pig scream! Incredible. And then then the tempo changes while he's screaming. And I'm just fucking fist pumping on the bus, man. And, And... I don't love all screams. I don't. But like the, when they get it right, and like you say, for me, Death Times, that was it. Yeah. I was like, I'm listening for something like that that standard. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Chino smashed it in that Absolutely. Story. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if people have just dropped in now and picked up on the conversation, it does sound like for serial killers. I mean, I don't love all screams. <laughs> but... When we hear them scream, it feels so good. <laughs> I feel, I feel human. Nobody comes to our basement. Yeah. <laughs> I feel emotion. I, I, I picked up a load. I re- wrote, wrote a load. And I had a couple of um, good female ones. And then I was like, what, am I missing any? Mm. And um, so I went on Google. And when I put it in, I got a load of bloke, like top fives, but it was all bloke screaming. Yeah. yeah. I was like, come on. So then I put best female screams into Google. I thought, hold oh, on. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on to the dark web there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, we're gonna have the cops knocking. I swear that is that's a brilliant segue to our next choice because it's oh, actually a woman. It's incredible, incredible. Let's let's hear it, guys. Let's hear it. Number three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rock screaming. <laughs> so, um, our uh, our third choice um, is uh, the Distillers and the Hunger. Nice. And I think, um, Stu, you and I talked a little bit about distillers um, on your Off the Beat and Track podcast yeah. because I was very close to putting them on for what reminded me of my teenage years, but instead I went for the teenage heartbreak with <laughs> Dogs Die in Hot Cars. Um, but this album, Coral Fang, was the soundtrack of my teens. Like it came out when I was just turned 13. Mm. And again, I'd never quite heard a woman sing in the way that Brody Dahl does in a similar way I was saying Laura Mary feels about her voice and I even attempted to sing this song on stage at the square in Harlow with very very little success it was, <laughs> your mum's got a VHS of yeah we've got a VHS she? of it which is never coming out ever <laughs> you wait um, I'm gonna find a converter for that and I was much <laughs> tinier at the time as well so I didn't quite have the sort of volume that I pack now with my sort of radio voice um so yeah I kind of had to adapt it and do the sort of melodic version of it which just does not work like this the whole reason this song is incredible it's because almost of the absence of lyrics yeah i think there's about like one verse and one chorus and that's it and it's mostly just it starts off very gentle it lulls you into a full sense of security Mm. and then it's like she just 
belts out this scream yeah then it comes back in again doesn't it and yeah. it goes almost acoustic like and then you just it's about nearly six minutes long this yeah. track and then you just have this breakdown where it's just the bass and then it's her just doing these like <laughs> just these like vocals and just building up into yeah. these mental screams and we were watching it um when she did it live at a uh, reading festival i think was it like, 2004 I think. I think it was earlier i think it was possibly 2002 oh wow okay no, it would have been 2004, yeah, because the album came out 2003. So, yeah. Um, God, maths is not my strong point. No, that's numbers why I'm, like... That's why I'm in the arts. <laughs> I mean, and um, just watching her snarl this, like, scream out, and it sounds exactly the same live as it does on the track. Mm. And just hearing that as a, a kid, it was just blew my mind. And again, it is, like... The, the fact that she's doing this scream almost goes with the title of it being yeah. the hunger. She sounds hungry mm. when she's like making her way through this tune and the whole album, it was really tough to pick yeah. a certain song from it. But I just thought it was always good to give my anecdote of me embarrassing myself on stage. <laughs> I think that was worth little, it to pick that This then. little um, <laughs> Revo kid that I was, I can even remember what I was wearing. It's that's, that's, that was where I was going to go. I forgot so many questions. What was the outfit? <laughs> Um, so I'm going to say I think it was dungarees it wasn't dungarees I was wearing um, a denim skirt these kind of mock fishnet tights but not as trashy they weren't as see-through and holy converse obviously (laughs) is what I live in Um, and then also it was this like vintage Felix the Cat t-shirt it was like green (laughs) with a pink trim how did I not remember this from the video this kind of weird sort of grunge punk cartoon obsessed girl with ginger hair and a massive fringe which I've finally grown out you know I was um a sight to behold I wasn't quite as cool as Brodie Dahl when you see her at that Reading Festival wearing these like tight black skinny jeans these high top like combos that oh actually go up like that um, and then this mini corset like it's like a corset thing isn't it or a waistcoat and I'm like why the she looks like this kind of like yearning ragdoll on the stage yeah. that's commanding with her black a hair as well arena yeah so amazing. just amazing but i think like um i think gil norton produced that record i'm not um, sure yeah, I, yeah i'm did. pretty sure he did um and <clears throat> i remember also he said that um when he was in the studio they did like the fewest takes that they needed because Brodie Dahl's vocals, her pitching is like on point. Yeah. So every time she sings, she's hitting those notes. And it's really just about like capturing the 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 approach, really, the best approach. But that's the funny thing about like the best screamers are invariably like the best, best singers, singers yeah. as well. Like they they've got this like a certain control on their voice to the yeah. point that when they want to lose control, they lose control because they they have mm. such control. Yeah. Um, there's something I, like really counterintuitive about that. Isn't I'm it? just so happy that she's she's back and playing live with the band again because yeah. again you forget that was their last album. 2003 yeah. was like the last album they did, and obviously we forget that. I think she's gone to make other music like with Spinneret and yeah. done her own solo stuff as well. Um, but it's such a shame because, like, I think they were meant to be having another comeback tour this year, mm. but 
obviously they I think it's gone to pot hasn't yeah. it with um lockdown but yeah she's she's an incredible person I've heard she's just absolutely amazing in yeah. real life as well and I've heard many a story of stuff that she's put up with um a certain ex-husband of hers mm. as well so which I will tell you off air probably <laughs> save save the gossip not for this but yeah she's she's an absolute icon yeah, and she's just, amazing she's again, so strong and so someone, brilliant so intelligent you know I wouldn't be doing my show like Riot Diet on Boogaloo Radio focusing on women and rock and indie if it wasn't for people like Brody Dahl through yeah. my teens because whilst obviously I had the the Riot Girl and sort of grunge and all that incredible stuff that I had behind me um, I also got to look forward and be like these women are currently when I was a teenager currently making incredible tunes yeah. and mm. putting themselves on stage and it's just keep like kept inspiring me to yeah. love it and it's just paved the way yeah really. and it's i just still adore women in rock and her as much as i did when i was a teenager wonderful and she just looks so cool whenever you see her doesn't she oh my god <laughs> um, yeah. you just see her and like when you see her with her kids i'm like oh they must think you are the best i know like you watch <laughs> so the video awesome. for um um city of angels right when she's got like the tallest mohawk i've yeah. ever seen in my entire life yeah and um but even like drain the blood where she's got like spikes, spikes. And stuff out yeah. as well but when she's not wearing her makeup she's like supermodel yeah because yeah. <laughs> she's you naturally know? blonde isn't she she's yeah. sort of naturally australian sort of summery blonde yeah. and uh, it's quite cool that she's embraced that now but it did sort of the heroin chic did suit her at the time and was very very cool I shouldn't really advocate she was kind that of, but... no but she was kind of like um uh, a Tim Burton movie yeah in music yeah, yeah. Like, you know grabbing the goth over here New and grabbing goth, the punk yeah. over here <laughs> yeah. and then you know just owning it yeah just yeah. wearing whatever the hell she wanted and she yeah. looked great. and what was amazing about her is she wasn't a stick on stage as well like she had like these incredible curves mm. and again she didn't mind showing them off which was lovely to see as well as like a teenager who was suffering myself with like wanting to be ridiculously thin mm. seeing someone just finding how sexy they are and she yeah. writes that you know she embraces her sexuality so much mm. it was really important to see that at the time 100%, 100%. good shout guys very good shout <laughs> Stuart have you got any you want to throw in um Billy, have you put your own band in there? <laughs> I couldn't, in good conscience. I, I wouldn't I be able to sleep in... at night if I was like that. Well, we can. I've we already can. given him a shout-out. I gave him a shout-out, and off the beaten track, he was my first tune <laughs> I did with you two, and that's it now. Like we, we can... As much as I love my band, right, uh, and I'm, I'm so proud of all our music and all our songs, I still find it so profoundly difficult to listen to my own voice. Yeah. Like if we come on in a rest, like we're, we're, like we're way more popular over in Europe and, and Russia and America than we are over here. Mm. So I can be out and about and just like not come across a fan or, or be in a restaurant or, and have our music being played. But if we're like in a restaurant in Germany or Austria or, or Czech Republic and one of our songs comes on, I'm like, I'm just stepping outside. Right inside, I'm yeah. I'm like, and when I was at uni, I was at uni for like three years and I was writing our fifth album. And just for shits and giggles, like when we're in a revision session, someone would quickly put Spotify up and play, I want to hear what you've got to say or something. Like that. But straight up and out the door. I was like, I'll come back when you guys have grown the fuck up, all right? I, I still think <laughs> the best story of this from uni is where someone was like, you look just like the lead singer of the Subways, didn't they? Yeah. Incredible. And you were like, no, no, well, I no, heard he's a right dick. <laughs> they didn't get it. They were like, no, no, no. He's like, don't say that. He's really nice. <laughs> I was like, it's me. It's fine. That's not the first time that's happened. 
happen though. I remember when we were at sort of the beginning of our relationship and you did this kind of little acoustic open mic thing at the Spice, oh, the of, Spice Life. of Life in West London. Yeah, yeah. And it was hilarious. You went up there and you played some of your I played, own stuff. I played like, I want to hear, oh yeah, rock and roll queen. Because <laughs> I was still, I think I was still writing All or Nothing yeah. at the time. And, and I, I, I came off stage uh, and I, I like, I was like, I'm, I want to go home. I'm really knackered. Yeah. I'm going home. And I'm like, I'm, my manager was there. Uh, <laughs> so he, I, I was like, do you, to, do you want me to leave my guitar uh, so you can go up and play? Because he like, he, he's like a secret. I want to be a really big, like, acoustic guy. He's so cute. So cute. <laughs> so I was like, I'll leave my guitar and you can play a few songs. I'm really sorry I'm not staying or watch, but I'm going. I left. And a kid came up to him afterwards and went, who, he, he just, he did some really good I mean, he sounds just like the Subway's lead singer he did a really good job there <laughs> well done mate you did a really good job mind. I know that was what I could have said alone yeah you should have tell him he did a really great job <laughs> just like the singer <laughs> so cute. I just thought you were some weird hardcore fan who wanted to look exactly only, like the lead just singer just playing well. only Subway's tracks just like ooh <laughs> It's a bit like that. Really? Like, you should go out as like a, a, a tribute act, like Willie Subway or something like that. <laughs> Just go <laughs> <laughs> Is that's what people actually used to say to him when they recognise him. They don't call you Billy Lunn. They go, Billy Subway. We had to have during <laughs> lockdown. And it was like, this is the most middle class thing ever. We went to a local m and Marks and Sparks, yeah. <laughs> some food. Because, you know, that's what we do now that we're in our first We were having like a really serious conversation. Yeah, as we were I can't like even remember what it was. I think, I think it was about all the stuff that was going on, band, like in yeah. the band. And we're just sort of having this thing, which putting it through. This guy goes, "Hey, Billy, somewhere!" <laughs> <laughs> he's like packing someone's. He's he packing someone's bag as well. Yeah, he goes, so he "Hey, Billy, somewhere, nice hair." <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, bless him. He then sent me a direct like message request on Instagram, going. I did know it was you too, and I'm really sorry I didn't say hello to you. It was just like Billy was the first person that stood out. I think it was the hair. Yeah, I, I changed my hair so much so I can avoid small talk. So Brilliant. I don't mind. <laughs> well, have you got any rage in yours, Billy? Yeah. It's the yeah. next one. Right, okay. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'll, I'll change it. I'll change it. I'll change it. Don't um, no, 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 Oh, that's that's invariably me. Yeah, yeah that's true. I do. Yeah, I would love Charlotte to try a scream, but even because it's a really sort of really... short, stabby one, and like, yeah, and I was like, yeah. it's like you just bark like a dog. Then. <laughs> <laughs> well, a small dog. <laughs> you know, when you know, in, in, in South, South Park, Park, when Cartman <laughs> is on is on the top of, on the top of the house, he's got like cardboard wings, right? And he goes, then the dawn of man's hand. It's like man just, has learned to take that. It's like just jump you asshole. Yeah, <laughs> Kyle's like just jump you asshole. He goes, oh, shut up, Kyle. <laughs> and so he steps forward. He goes, since it's done, man can. Man has been to take that. Now I should take that. And he, he just flops off and goes, <laughs> 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 or, it's, or it's more oh. like a. 
<laughs> oh, man. Do you know we've never done a top five South Park? I'd fucking... Oh, we will happily come back for another special. Absolutely, absolutely. Keep our impressions of us going... All right, so I'll go go right. I'm going to go sleep now in the fire. Oh, 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 no. that song, amazing. Oh, that song, oh, so that song, oh, 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 that song, that song, oh, that song, that song, oh, that song, oh, that song, oh, Two or three in the afternoon. Reading this year, yeah, Reading and Leeds this year, right? which has been cancelled. Oh. And we're like, yeah. It was the first time you were going to be back at the I festival know. on the main I, stage. I was going to go up to them and say, Are you guys playing Sleep Now in the Fire in your set? And if they said no, I, w- I was going to get us to play Sleep Now in the Fire. <laughs> right? And amazing. say, This is dedicated to like the most amazing band in the world. Because, mm. like, Rage Against the Machine are one of those bands who I can't imagine a life without. Mm. Um, we, um, we toured a lot. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Over in America, we did, we did really well off the back of appearing in the OC. Uh, and Michael Goldstone, who was our project manager over there on, on the East Coast, he was the A&R guy who signed Rage Against the Machine in Los Angeles. Um, and I, I, I spent most of my time <laughs> with Michael Goldstone talking about Rage Against the Machine because I wanted to know fucking everything. Yeah, I bet like, you I want, And I, like, the, the thing that he would always say is, like, imagine you're a 15, 16-year-old kid and you have your all-time favourite band but you get to be in charge of that band, right? You get to be in the studio when they're making their records. You get to be side of stage when they're playing their biggest shows in the world. That was me every single day when I worked with Rage Against the Machine. And, and like, I, I think on this new album, we've decided to be, be more political. And we're releasing a song late this year um, that's hugely mass. Like, without Rage Against the Machine, this song wouldn't even have existed um and i think 
there was a period of time when um, when Rage Against the Machine, uh, they actually like broke up, didn't they? Mm. They left and then yeah. Audio Slave came about. But And everyone almost pined for Rage Against the Machine <laughs> in their absence, probably more than they loved Rage Against the Machine whilst they were yeah. still going. It's like you appreciate what you lost. Yeah, yeah totally. I think also, you know, we're going through such sort of times of political upheaval as yeah, well. Exactly. That all these bands, it's the same with uh, Riot Girl as well. How many of these bands are having a resurgence and coming back? And it's because of the fact that we're angry and we need these people to come and sort of fight for us through music mm. and the arts again. And it's just, again, it just makes me laugh so much with the fact that recently, what was it when Rage Against the Machine came out and said something political and all these like boomers across Twitter got really angry, be like, I'm going to burn these cities. It was like, which machine did you think they were raging against? Yeah. You idiots. Because <laughs> you know? they're like, I never thought you'd get political, but now you've got political. <laughs> like, there, there was a brilliant one. The rage song that. in your when, that's it. I've had enough. I'm burning all your records uh, and my pi- and my and my pink albums. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that is that is just, amazing. I just still remember when with the fact that I think what really also gave them back with their popularity again is when they had that number one campaign and they actually oh, got yeah. to number one yeah. with killing well, them. A so story weird. about that is quite weird. The guy that organised that... John Mortar, isn't it? Yeah, so John, John's like an Essex boy and, and right. John used to come to my club and, and that's where he heard Rage and that's where... And so we've had him on and, and he literally just set that up on Facebook yeah. just to see what happened. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, he's told the story a gazillion times and it's fascinating um, you know, the ultimate guerrilla marketing that you could never, yeah. ever have imagined would topple um, what was, you know, the mammoth, yeah. you know, thing that was X Factor or whatever, or pop star, whatever it was at the time. Yeah, it was. All that, it? yeah, was unheard of. And, yeah, it's like, and he said, as soon as it went to number one, the first call he got was Simon Cow offering him a job. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, that's so Simon uh, Cowell, isn't it? It's like keep your enemies close. Yeah, yeah of course, exactly. of course. And then obviously, you know, he got to hand the the the, the big giant check over for, uh, for for the charity to them oh. when they come over and done the free show at Finsbury Park. Which uh, what, they, what they a moment, on, man! They went on Five Life, and <laughs> it's like Five Life. We're, we're saying, yeah. Okay, so. Play the song, because you're number one. That's fantastic. Congratulations, everybody. But please, don't swear, okay? Um, Because this is a national broadcasting uh, organisation and we're a family station and nobody can swear. And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. (laughs) You clearly have no idea what this band is about. (laughs) (laughs) They just... Like the first opportunities. I just went, motherfucker. They were right at the other (laughs) set. Congratulations, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, <laughs> I'd have given, no, I'd like nothing yet. more than to have heard, whoopsie daisy, I won't do what you tell me. That would have sounded <laughs> amazing. Oh, <laughs> <friendly> <laughs> edit. <laughs> um, oh, like, I, I found that I was learning, uh, in, in, I, 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 back when I first heard of Rage Against the Machine, I'd read all the articles in the magazines, and um, Tom Morello would talk about like the first time he heard The Clash, and one of the reasons he got into politics and eventually went to study politics at Harvard. Um, And 
one of the reasons why he started with the band was because of the clash because um you know they managed to fuse like these incredible songs and these like the political material values, yeah. yeah and 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 live those values both in the music and on the streets and 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 through their lives um and I I genuinely think that I learned more about American politics and world politics from Rage Against the Machine mm. than I ever did anywhere else. Yeah. And that's so, like, the importance of these kinds of bands is that, that they teach us so much. I was just going to say, it just still makes my heart sing when I drop it at the end of the night yeah. and, like, propaganda. Yeah. And people still go nuts and they're uh, just chanting along to it. it we just, haven't actually mentioned so, the name of the track. No, we, we will go we? on to our track in a second. <laughs> but, yeah, like, Killing the Name of, when we drop, like, I drop it and you just, like, you just got the vroom to begin with. And it's, like, mm. the feeling that I get, like, the rush through me. And it's mm. not even my own song. And I've just got, like the sort of chords building up and yeah. then just all of these people just who have managed to last five hours so they're pretty gone on their WKD by then they are just <laughs> the like, sugar's keeping, them, sugar's going, keeping huh? them going they're just like screaming it back at me and I'm just like this is what music's about man yeah. this is- it's, but it's like magic though that's what I always think word, like words talking and music is like magic because you can create that something from nothing and like yeah. even when I was like doing this prep and I hadn't listened to for example seven words and a bunch of age stuff and immediately, what it just turns a gear in you. There's, it gives yeah. you energy that you don't, you never thought you had. And mm. that links back. To, like I went to the Great Escapes years ago, and I'd had a very exceptionally good time, as Stu will know. And <laughs> the last night, you carried you... your leg feet, uh, leg first out <laughs> the bar, <laughs> feet first, leg first, leg feet, but mind, me, brain. <laughs> but, um, and I, it was Sunday night, and I was kind of like, I was done. I'd, I think I'd probably gone too hard. <laughs> and, uh, and my mates were like, Subway's a plan. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Because like, I want to That's see you, but I'm so That's just the response you want, Billy, isn't it? When, <laughs> when you announce the tour, Subway's a plan. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but <laughs> I was so dead. Everybody's reaction. Yeah, we'll just have that as a tagline. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have it for this podcast as well, Billy. We'll have it for our little uh, little statement. Yeah. But I was like, I wish I had saved myself, you know, have had a bit left in the tank. And um, and I came and watched you, and then you you see like rage. Pip got me into rage, and I found death tones, and but it's the same sort of thing that I found with you guys in subways. It's just that energy switch on, and and I, I went going to that thing, and then. After about your second song, I pushed my way into the front, oh, and that was you. it. And I came out of that place dripping, but yeah. that energy just came from nowhere. You know, I thought I was done, and yeah, I just think Rage Against the Machine are a perfect example of that as well. They just yeah. it comes from nowhere, and it can do something to our brain. It's, it is like yeah. magic to me. Yeah. It a, does, and I think I, I genuinely think right that that rock and roll music is probably the best example of uh, our most primal inclinations, mm. like. Um, I think I may have chatted about uh, <laughs> this with you, Stu, on um, off the beaten track. Um, I think like rock music uh, harks back to this time when we were like on, on the verge of forming civilization. Yeah. We were praying for rain, praying to the gods, dancing around the campfire, banging drums, chanting at the sky, um, uh, and and that's carried itself all the way through our civilization. Um, through Anton Nato um, at the turn of the um, 20th century, uh, screaming at this uh, pulpit um, at this press conference as he sort of brought up, what was it, the theatre of cruelty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got carried into like punk music and metal um, and right through to like 
kind of you know generic rock every single day so whenever we get on stage I feel like I'm my truest self in that I'm not wearing like the mask and the clothes and the attitude that is expected of me in everyday society I get on stage yeah you are completely uh, you, you are given the opportunity if you choose to uh, to strip yourself of all those societal expectations, which is why it's so important that I think people get in the mosh pit yeah. and embrace each other and dance yeah. with each other and get a sense of community and a sense of social cohesion. And again, it's it's like experiencing a film in a cinema with other people. You know, yeah. there's just something that just doesn't come close to having these Zoom gigs and stuff, which is what's breaking my heart. And yeah. like, because I was in um, an article in Vice where I was interviewed about... Um, not getting to DJ and I just said there is just nothing quite like being there and just playing someone's favorite song and just seeing that pure joy and reaction in that first bar when you play it Mm. and then just that real sort of like you said primal energy the community it's where people start bonding and they come together because you're all so close to each other as well and I think that's what we're finding one of the hardest things yeah. with lockdown is not only that we're not experiencing it, that we're not facilitating that. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of heartbreaking to see, but but yeah. And I just still realise we still haven't said our choice for it. Do you want to say it? <laughs> um, so yeah, we chose Wake Up. Yes, right. yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and it's not just because... I'm obsessed with the Matrix and when my uncle gave me the What an ending! That is oh, right. come on! There is like. It's a mixture of like Keanu Reeves, as everyone knows, that I'm exactly. just in love with, and then also <laughs> um, just him just flying up to the sky, yeah. where yeah. it's just do, like, do, do, do. and then it's like, wake yeah. up through the credits. Yeah. So oh, good. Ali, um, um, Rory, I could so say that. Like, I even think how that story went. I remember being, I think it was 18 when it was released, and me and my mates went to watch it, and by the end, we were screaming at Neo to get up after he'd been shot. Yeah. And I, I think that's crazy that we were that engaged into it. We're like, yeah. get up, get up, get up. Yeah. Wake up comes at the end. We were like, we were so pumped out walking out. Yeah. Of that. So, so I remember, like, when did it come out? Was it 99? Yeah, 1999. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't even 10 then mm. when it came out. And I was given this sort of ratty copy of a VHS <laughs> from my uncle, who, again, often I get his leftovers. And it's why I'm into whatever, like, whatever I'm into. That's why she wears the big t shirt. Yeah, you know, I'm basically just. <laughs> Because I'm used to just wearing whatever he down. used to wear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's again, that just totally inspired me. So that was one reason that we love it. But again, I think it's just that sort of build up again, similar to The Hunger by Distillers, where it sort of softens and yeah. they bring it back a little bit and it's just some gentle percussion. Jazzy, whilst, jazzy yeah. notes as well. Like, And then just the fact that the screaming then just builds until it's just like, wake up! And then when he gives the, delivers those yeah. final lines afterwards, when it's like, um, how long, not long, what you reap is what you sow. And then oh. it's just like, mic drop, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, even now, it's like, it's getting, yeah, so I can feel the yeah. blood pumping through yeah. my veins because we're Goose in a bumps. time when things are so, uh, so depressing and, and so you, you feel so downheartened like by the political system Mm. Um, and society, and society whole, at large. Yeah. Like, where are we for each other? Like, where, why, where are, we should be linking arms and looking yeah. after the most vulnerable society. And like, um, Zach de la Rocha in this song is talking about like the history of oppression mm. all the way through the song from '68 in the first verse when he talks about um, Hoover, MLK, and, uh, yeah. yeah, and and you know, and then came the shot and and how it sort of extends all the way to the present time. 
And it's, it's almost like it feels very cinematic because it feels like it has parts as it goes through it tells a story and narrative yeah. and the sort of ups and downs throughout the song yeah. you're, you're taken on a journey and then when it just ends on this screaming and then that line yeah. delivered i'm just like yeah i'm done for but we were watching dead. the it's video amazing. of them at woodstock in 99 when they yeah. played it and it's a long song which i must forget. say has tits at the beginning because literally the first shot right. is to a crowd of a groupie and they're just like full shut up and i was <laughs> we like, like Okay, right, okay, moving on. That's so Woodstock. So Woodstock. (laughs) But, like, like, you forget this, because the song's got loads of parts to it. Like, so you've got the narrative part, and then you've got, like, this little jam, and then you've got, like, Tom Morello's detuning his guitar. Yeah, just during the song. Getting the pitch in right. how good he is. He can just detune it whenever, like, and by ear gets it back in tune again. And then you've got the riff part, and then you've got the breakdown. Yeah. And then, like, the build-up and then the outro when uh, Zach de la Rocha just screams, wake up. Um, but when watching it at Woodstock 99 and you see them playing the song and they're kind of like, they, they look like a jazz band when they're on stage. You know, Tom Morello's got his guitar really high. You know, yeah. Brad Wilk is just doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a classical drummer. Um, and Zach de la Rocha is just, like, sort of doing the poetics of the song. But... When they get to the final part of the song, when Wake Up is started Pure screaming, rock. every single one of them on the stage go insane. Yeah. To the point where they almost fall to the floor. In, I think he does at one point, doesn't yeah, he? When falls he screams and wake up. And just like spent of energy. Mm. And that is the scream. That is the, that is the frustration, mm. the feeling, the, the the sense of like decades long, centuries and it's, long. It's from their debut album as well. You just think, Jesus, who's making music like this on yeah. their first run? How talented can you be? <laughs> there, are, there are still bits in that that I hear, and then I'm like, oh, right, that's that. And that's yeah. incredible. Like, the, it, it was so intelligent. And, mm-hmm. and importantly, that was like, well, I reckon 30 years ago, maybe 30 years old, the album. No, it was. Um, oh and it could be oh, released yeah, today and still and sound exactly my point. That's exactly what I'm going to say. Sorry, Stu, like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 But it is, it is. It's like it does. It still sounds so vital, yeah. like lyrically, yeah. uh, and so fresh, and like, and there's no production on it that's dated in any way. It still yeah. sounds vital. It's brilliant. Yeah. That's that's what I love about music, and it's the same with. Film. I, I still feel with music. I think it's because when you first listen to it when you're a teenager or a kid, you're just like, yeah, I love it. I love it. But as you get older and you experience more in life, suddenly lines have a hell of a lot more yeah, meaning. Yeah. And it's just great. And that shows true genius with yeah. music that it just transcends all generations. Yeah. And like Rage are forever going to do that. Yeah, definitely. Well, so you've got one left, haven't you? Yeah. Yes. Right. Number one. I, I, do you know what? I'm not going to say it, but I've got a feeling I know what it is. Right? Here's the thing, though. Here's the right. thing. I'm going to tell you. You're going to say it, and then he's going to let you know if you get it right. <laughs> While we do that, guys, if you all individually think of numbers, <laughs> well, I've got all your numbers, and I, you, you need to tell me first. Do you want to say just quickly? Um, no, no, I, won't, I, I don't want to, because it's, it will be my number one. Okay, okay. Uh, but I want to hear your number. I, I yeah. want to hear, and you, Chris. I want to hear both your number ones before we do ours. Actually, I'm okay. really intrigued. Well, that, my one was the Deftones. That would be the the one that I would I would probably oh. would probably uh, stitch to that. But just when you said about Sleep Now in the Fire, which is a bit weird because in that video that they shot, there's a there's a, a poster board saying Trump for president. Is there? Yeah. 
Oh my but god. He's done absolutely like he's done it absolutely ironically, obviously, and stupidly. Yeah, of course. Because yeah. they they uh, so you got people wearing masks and then marching because yeah. it was taken at a march. Jesus. But they, they were marching on Wall Street, weren't they? And they were talking mm. about like yeah. especially in New York, like it's uh, oh the, yeah, because that's what the Trump dynasty did, didn't they? Like during Giuliani the troubles of the seventies, they yeah. just went and bought up New York and just like and Giuliani like heavily like he he his his policies in New York in the mm. eighties and nineties was basically like three strikes and you're out. But that obviously only only really affected people of color yeah. in New York. So <laughs> Still does. they got criminal records yeah. and then they couldn't get jobs. And and that's yeah. essentially how we yeah. Yeah. He he allegedly cut crime that way. It's not. He just incarcerated a load of poor people. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But that's again like why Rage Against the Machine is so incredibly important because yeah, no, one, yeah. no their next record is just to be. That. Yeah, their next record is just going to be told ya. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> told ya, told ya. <laughs> 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 and, and the frustration of being right and yeah. having yeah. right. there'll be no right. smugness there'll be no smugness you, you'll reap what you sow yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it took far too long <laughs> so well, what's your number one Stu I'm intrigued yeah. I'm not going to say it because I think it might be yours but oh, I, I, I've, okay. I've got I've got a couple of quickies I'll throw in um, the beginning of Evenflow by Pearl Jam, where Eddie just goes, amazing. wow, and it just yeah. drops. Amazing. Um, and then a recent one, I thought I'd try and do something a bit more recent. It's not that recent. Um, there's a track by the Maccabees called Marks to Prove It. Uh, oh, and when it all drops, Felix just goes, wow, for about 30 seconds, and I, and I love it. Felix is such a sweetheart as well. Yeah, he's amazing. He's lovely, isn't he? I love how he's much he loves his soul. Yeah, that is so cute. <laughs> little geek <laughs> but no it's also again it's these people who you don't expect to be able to pack a real scream yeah. and then they make like this if epic you get, sound if you get a chance watch it they if you put in marks to prove it maccabee's glastonbury they do it on stage i think jamie t's playing with them as well really? and you just watch fee because obviously orlando's just got this really beautiful voice yeah fee just howls like a Banshee, it's mental, it's so good. Get oh, give it a listen. I'll never forget actually. Um, we we played with them, uh, a, a festival with them in Germany. It was one of those uh, festivals where they have stages facing each other, and for like 45 minutes or an hour, they'll have one stage, and then everyone will sort of shift over to the other stage. And um, uh, Maccabees were playing a couple of bands before us, and I was like, I love their new record. Like, um, Wall of Arms just came oh. out, and it was like. Um, it, it just kind of like compounded my initial love for them. Yeah. Uh, and No Kind Words was had just come out. And I was like, I so hope they Brilliant. play No Kind Words. So as soon as they came on stage, I just yelled out, No Kind Words, like this in the audience. And they kicked into it. And then Felix looks at me and goes, oh, this is for Billy Subway. And I was like, <laughs> I'm so, that girl. I'm so irreverent. Like, I'm, 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 I'm not one of these people that plays it cool. I can't do irreverence. Like, if I see someone that I really respect or love, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> so bad. Well, you know, life's short. You, it's too short. What's the number one then? Let's do it. Okay, so when we were talking about this, mm. like we both pretty much at the same time said this was going to be our number one. And it's probably so easy for anyone who knows us that we were going to choose this band, um, and especially this song. And it's uh, Nirvana's Drain You. <laughs> you are. <laughs> for the record, 
Sue's just held up a piece of paper that says High fives, that. High fives, come on. High fives. That's incredible. Amazing. So, so good. It just shows how well you know us. Yeah. And also how much we just... We constantly blab yeah. on about everything that we've we not love. talked about this at all online. Or no, anything. we haven't said anything like, about what we, we were picking at all. The only person I spoke to was Laura Mary, and it's only because I was giving her a warning that I was going to talk about her. And, um, <laughs> Your ears will burn. <laughs> and then both of us just looked at each other and we were like, yeah, we've got to put drain you in it. And again, yeah. like Stu, I've spoken to you about my passion for this. Again, it's yeah. thanks to my uncle giving me a cassette of uh, Nevermind that sort of just, just, totally made me realize music could be this way and like mm. introduced me to grunge and like my eternal love for Kurt Cobain and again partly why I always look like him my hair's currently going through his Kool-Aid sort of phase you um, kind of had this cross between Kurt Cobain and Peppy Longstocking I think yeah thank you. <laughs> um, and um yeah it's just like both of us like part of the reason we really connected was our love of Nirvana and yeah. Kurt Cobain and it had to be this song yeah. just because we both said that we remember when we first heard it and there's that breakdown and it's like oh. you can explain like the unusual yeah. sort of sounds that are just rustling in Rolling, the building yeah. and because you know what actually made it like yeah. the sounds didn't so you? like um when when they made Drain You uh they had this really elongated uh, middle section where it was just this build-up and um, so they managed to, like, Kurt was a collector. And also he, he, he was an artist. So, like, sculpt, he would sculpt things. He would make things out of plastic. Like, he would mould and, and, uh, and make paintings and all that sort of stuff. But he made these sort of squeaky toys. And the squeaks you can hear, like, that's a squeaky toy that he picked up. But also, like, there's this real industrial feel to the middle of the song. Mm. Yeah. And uh, that comes about because they had a, a, a can of deodorant in yeah. the studio. Oh, yeah. Um, and they held it up to the microphone and went, shh, shh. And it sounds like this kind of piston release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steam, yeah. yeah. Like, factory like you're in a factory. Yeah. And once you hear that once, you can never not hear that. Uh, yeah. You just hear it constantly now. It, but the, it's so multi-layered, like the build-up. There's so much going on. Mm. Even just like the odd notes, the do 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 do. He was sort of like the um, purveyor at the time of organised chaos, mm. of which kind of comes from I think Captain Beefheart's um, Trout Mask replica. Definitely. You know, they spent 21 months in a cabin learning the album so that it sounds like they've just piled in at any random moment when mm. actually they've really meticulously planned it. But in this build-up. They've done just that. Like they've meticulously planned everything to the point where when the drums come in and Kurt Cobain just lets I'm, rip. I'm getting goosebumps yeah. just thinking about it. And every time I hear it, and I'm trying to think how old I would have been when I first heard this. I'm probably, I think it was around, like I said to you before, Stu, that it was around the time my dad left. So I was probably about six or seven. And I just, I remember on this scratchy little cassette tape, this little Walkman I had, I had to rewind and go back and listen mm. to it again mm. because I was so blown away by an already incredible song just being elevated to this level where it was almost transcendent. Yeah. I was just like, what just happened? I didn't know, like, again, I didn't know that you could do this in yeah, a song yeah. and it was okay and it made it, like, so cool. Yeah. And just... Like uh, almost an out of body experience, and it feels so weird saying that about something that is just basically like instruments and someone's vocals. Yeah. But again, it's like we were saying, it's the power of music, and just 
Kurt Cobain's scream, for me, it's just, it's hardly ever gonna be beaten. Yeah, it's never, like he, when he does that scream, right? It sounds like he's in some chamber on the seventh layer of hell, mm. right? And we are hearing like an echo of that <laughs> scream from the yeah. seventh layer of hell. Mm. But then like he turns it and he's coming in and singing and he manages to balance like utter aggression from the gut mm. and then come in with like this sweet melody yeah. the with these really well, ironic yeah. lyrics, like laden with irony and mm. laden with ambiguity and metaphor. Um, and I was just saying to you today, when he says like, um, uh, with eyes so dilated, I've become your pupil. Mm. I've only just realized he's talking about two things there. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking about um, with your eyes dilated, I've become your pupil because I can see myself <laughs> in your pupil because yeah. it's so dilated and at the same time he's become the protege like of this yeah. person like a student and you just think this guy was a genius yeah. he was such a genius but also then all of this just harnessed so brilliantly by butch big which you who you've actually got to work with personally yeah. and i was saying this on the on the car on the way back because we were talking about like oh we still yesterday when i picked you up from the studio i was like mm. oh are, you, are we still happy with this top five and i said i said to you like part of the one of the only reasons I really like to have kids is to tell them the stories of the fact that you got to work with the producer who made never mind mind, (laughs) you know who got to say to you oh by the way that microphone you're using that's exactly the same setup as Kurt Cobain yeah I used the same mic and preamp uh combination that Kurt Cobain used for never mind and he swung around in his chair it's like the first week that we were working with Butch as well so we like Actually, no, we'd spent like a week in pre-production as well, so we were getting to know him then. And we were already on good terms with him because we crossed paths when mm. we were touring and uh, Garbage were touring. But it was the first time that we'd been in a studio setting when we were like, oh my God, we're in the studio with Rich Rick, who's like recorded uh, Siamese Dream and like mm. um, Dirty. And this, was, this was like at the beginning of our relationship as well, so obviously and I was we just started starstruck dating. about yeah. it as well. And uh, yeah, um, and I think Kurt Cobain has been... Uh, the defining inspiration in both like my life and my musical mm. career. Uh, and for both of us as well. Because again, like he was a massive feminist. Yeah. He was also, he's anti-racist. He was anti-homophobia. Yeah. And, you know, again, sort of the reason Smells Like Teen Spirit exists is because Kathleen Hanna wrote uh, Kurt Smells Like Teen Spirit, you know, on, on <laughs> And he thought she was like complimenting him, but it just... He was taking the piss out of like this crappy deodorant. deodorant. And um, it just... It's some. He's someone that has like really had a massive impact on our tastes and our yeah. sort of lives and how we've gone. Even again, just you know, I was talking. I've got this interview coming up where I'm doing a style profile for this brand that was set up by my agent. Mm. And uh, the three, there's this question where it's like, okay, so your three um, style icons, dead or alive? And I was talking through my mum, and my mum just went, Kirk Cobain, like it's the <laughs> first, first one. And I was like, yeah, actually, you're right. That was going to be one of my first choices because yeah. I think he's just again had such a huge thing and it was a massive coping mechanism through school when I was very disillusioned with school I was disillusioned with life because Mm. and men because my dad left and I was going through a really tough time um with that and you know it was his vocals believe there was a good man his his scream and that sort of build up you know and just hearing this incredible music that started my journey of finding catharsis and love and through music and again like we we met in a venue like it's where screams is... were definitely happening yeah. that night. Oh. But 
No, the band. I don't mean to sound like that. <laughs> I, I think the best of everybody. Oh, okay. I heard it. I heard it. How you intended to be? I'm trying to be sincere. I'm just checking. She has such a dirty mind. It's unbelievable. I was a young, naive teenager. No, so was I. Can I say that I? So I wasn't drain you, but my number two was off that same record, and how I wanted to present it to you guys was it for me the whole song just feels like it's a scream even though it's not always but Territorial Pissings is oh my god it's so good it's that same thing like the whole thing just feels like a like a mad wild scream and he gets to the end and he's losing his voice like you think how are you going to sing the next song on the album (laughs) (laughs) yeah like his voice is bedraggled by the end of it it's like scratchy and dry and you think He's going to need some serious and, honey and lemon post. <laughs> and and like, at the end of Stay Away as well. Like, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. There are so many tracks to choose from. But again, I think it's with Drain You because it was kind of unexpected mm, yeah. because of the fact that the song in the build-up doesn't feel like it's going to yeah. be culminating. And it's a love sort of song. It's, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's one of the grossest love songs you'll ever hear <laughs> in your entire life. But it's a love song. And you just think, like, there's something quite beautiful and twisted yeah. about the fact that he's he's screaming like that in the middle of a love song in, in, in this really kind of industrial post-industrial yeah. sounding landscape almost as if it just did, it's almost like it didn't happen it's yeah. like oh yeah that build-up we just did i'm just gonna scream yeah. and we're gonna go back into yeah. the song but you kind of got that when 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 like i never got to see them live uh obviously but like when they play live he he looks like someone who's just terribly unhinged mm. and on the verge of breakdown. And you look yeah. at the 92 performance yeah. um, when they, again, they're so ironic. All of them are so funny and ironic because yeah. everyone was in the media was saying, oh, he's too ill. He won't show up. They'll cancel when he comes on stage like, being wheeled by Chris Novoselic. That's such a crazy um, You know, in this, in this wig, in this, like, in this gown, like he's just come from a, a mental institution. I think it's, it's also, for me personally, is one of the most gorgeous, like he's ever looked on stage with yeah. his hair, just in that kind of slightly ruffled bowl cut. Like middle as well. length. And, it's yeah. just like, but I think it's also because the performance is incredible. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. also the best performance of Drain You as well, Reading. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, we it's were looking so through them incredible. and that's, what, that's yeah. what we went back to. Yeah. And I, it's one of those things on YouTube, like when I start falling down a music sort of mm. video rabbit hole of stuff, yeah. um, I always go back to that performance and I watch it probably every couple of months. I've just remembered something and it's going to make me cry. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, after the performance, right? After There's this video after the performance. They've just done this incredible headline set at Reading Festival. They've come off stage and Kurt's at the bottom of the ramp as the gear's being unloaded and being put back on the trailer and he's smoking a cigarette. And this young lad walks up to him. And this is what's so incredible is that he goes on stage and and he's this unhinged, um, like... Troubled man. Troubled man that's like screaming and singing and, you know, wriggling around on the floor on stage. And he's off stage and he's having the cigarette and he's got like a a beer can in his hand. And this young English boy comes up to him and goes, excuse me, uh, would you mind uh, signing this for me, please? He goes, oh, yeah, of of course I will. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Did you enjoy the show? Yeah. Can I just say, I think the media have been really unfair to you and your wife. And he goes, oh, oh, dude, thanks so much, man. And he's like this soft, gentle man. And you just, 
like I curse the universe that I never got to meet him and never mm. got to know him and never got to embrace him and tell him how beautiful he was. Kind of like invoking Partridge there. Yeah. When Partridge says, were they any good? Yeah, they were brilliant. Someone should have told him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I, I think like, and he's kind of, he for me, that's kind of like the epitome of how I want to act and be in a band, you know. Apart I want to the give, heroin, yeah. Of course. <laughs> Apart from that. And and the, 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 the downturn and the, you know, mm. the obvious, like, the, the loss of life there. But, um, you know, anytime I feel like I'm losing, I'm losing my bottle or I'm losing courage mm. or, you know, I, I don't want to speak about, out about this thing that's happening that I think I should use my voice for, use my platform for. I remember this interview that he gave on MTV when they were talking about the song Rape Me. And um, they were doing like these Vox Pops and people were saying, why are they releasing a song about rape? And he said, um, the song isn't um, about rape, it's an anti rape song mm. it's a song about like anti-violence um that that invokes rape um and then and then he i think he looks at the camera and he says if any of you are racist mm. homophobic misogynist um uh, never listen to our shows and never come to any of our n- never listen to our music never buy our music and never come to any of our shows and i always remember that mm. that he had the courage to look down a camera on MTV and say, don't buy our records if you're this kind of person. Mm. And it makes me want to be a better man and a better musician. And I think like, that's why Kurt Cobain lives in both of our hearts so deeply. And it's just, you know, it's difficult because I think a lot of people get very blasé about Nirvana now because so many people know about him and he's just become almost like this mythical morbid fascination as well because of what happened to him um, that people sort of either sort of deride him for what he did or they put him too much on a sort of pedestal that they actually forget about his talent and what sort of incredible music they did make Mm. you know he's more than just a a slogan on a Primark t-shirt that unfortunately seems to be the sort of trend nowadays um and I'm not sort of judging anyone for wearing a band t-shirt I'm not one of these people that would go up and play in bloom and be like what's this song and then deride them for not knowing it because yeah. I've seen people do that yeah, yeah. that is awful it's really behavior. the lowest of yeah. the low if you're into like music just don't be a dick that makes yeah. you a true music fan um but I think it's so important to sort of almost forget all the sort of hype and the mythology that has come around the band and just actually look back at the sort of strip back things, maybe some yeah. of their demos and stuff like that, just to remind yourself what a talented like bunch of people in him particular yeah. were. And they were fragile and yeah. you know and, and they were young. You know, he was twenty seven, so he was younger than I was when he died. Mm. And I think we forget that. It's only as I get older I'm realised that I'm like, Jesus he was a baby. Christ, twenty seven's just yeah. no age. Same yeah. with Amy Winehouse and anyone from the twenty seven yeah. club. It's no age at all. And, you know, it's a lot of a lot of weight to be on people's shoulders. And you know, you're someone that's you've nearly buckled under the weight of the mm. industry and sort of trauma in your own life and you've dealt with it by turning to sort of alcohol and drugs which you happily talk about but you're obviously sober for nearly seven years now yeah. which is incredible and thanks thank you, you so know. much but it, if, it, if it weren't for a row I, I definitely wouldn't be here i wasn't asking for that i was just saying that it's like no, some I, people succumb to it and i think she was fishing for it. that actually yeah, yeah. Oh, i thought she was just <laughs> fishing a little bit for that <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah say how amazing i am asking for glory. i i genuinely believe it so, but yeah, and Daisy as well, our doggy Daisy. Who passed Daisy. away, bless yeah. her, yeah. Um, but it's, 
it's just again it's you just remember that he was a fragile soul that was he was a baby when he passed away but a musical genius and you just yeah. have to listen to the screen Listen, song, listen so. to Drain. You listen to the the build up, and I'm just unbelievably and unbearably jealous of anyone who gets to hear that for the first time. Because yeah. <sighs> yeah. you I, just I love you the never fact. experience it like that again. I love the fact that, like, as soon as you said that top five, I just straight away I thought, I know mine's Drain you, and oh. then when you said a cut, I just thought. Bet they've gone for Drain You as well. And I thought, <laughs> I'm not going to say it because I don't. And, it's, and there's a lot of songs to choose from in the world. There is. Like, too many. And yeah. And, yeah. And, and which is why we kind of enjoyed the arguing because it's like this mm. one, but this one trumps this because mm. of yeah. this. You get to sort of give your conditions as to why. But I think Nirvana were always going to be number yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> very, very glad. As well. yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, Billy, Ro, thank you so much. It's been an absolute blast. You didn't cancel each other out. Oh. There was a multiplier <laughs> effect. later on the yeah, way home. don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll have some argument about something. <laughs> Start on your top, uh, top five South Park. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God, we're going to have We will. We will resurgence. argue over that because yeah. you, you, like various episodes compared yeah. to me don't you there are some episodes you're like how can I'm you like, like, like this no no <laughs> i tend just to like anything where cartman shows himself up and he gets like casa bonita like casa bonita as well i just like quote that so much so son you're going to juvie was <laughs> it worth it totally. <laughs> well are you guys going to be okay if we tag you in it when we put this out and ask people to come up with their uh, alternatives that they'd, um, they'd recommend us wonderful <laughs> Billy Ro thanks so much it's been right, absolutely thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. it's been awesome thank you all the best Take speak care. soon guys oh yeah I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine it's called Pod Bible now Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts it's put together alongside Spotify and Acast and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free so every other month there'll be a new edition out so go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well podbiblemag.com it's a drunken soiree in the within chris and stew present our core listing the podcast Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.